0: Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood. Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show. I'm your host Dave Homewood. In this episode we're marking 75 years to the day since the first 1,000 bomber raid that the Royal Air Force undertook on Cologne on the night of the 30th and 31st of May 1942. This special raid was called Operation Millennium and the RAF managed to put up 1,047 aircraft. Of those aircraft there were 602 Vickers Wellingtons, 131 Handley Page Halifax's, 88 Short Stirlings, 79 Handley Page Hamdens, 73 Avro Lancasters, 46 Avro Manchester's, and 28 Armstrong Whitworth Whitleys. They came from Number One Group, Number Three Group, Number Four Group, Number Five Group. Number 91 OTU Group, No. 92 OTU Group and Flying Training Command even put up four Wellingtons. So this included not only operational bomber squadrons but squadrons from Coastal Command and from Training Command all contributing towards this raid. The target city was Cologne and the hope was that such a huge raid, completely unprecedented ever, would either knock Germany out of the war or at least give it enough of a hit to really make some damage. And of course this wasn't the only raid that week with the thousand bombers. Whilst this first one was on the night of thirtieth and thirty first of may nineteen forty two. The second thousand bomber raid happened on the night of the first and second of june nineteen forty two and that was on Essen and the third several weeks later on the night of the twenty fifth and twenty sixth of june on Bremen. There were many New Zealanders in Bomber Command, of course, spread out through all the squadrons and among them taking part was No. 75 New Zealand Squadron in Vickers-Wellingtons. They managed to put up 23 aircraft that night, which is a staggering amount. During the raid on Cologne that night, 1,455 tonnes of ordnance was dropped on the city. Two thirds of that were incendiary bombs, which started fires. It's estimated that 2,500 separate fires were started across the city and 1,700 of those fires were actually classed as large. 3,330 buildings were destroyed, 2,090 seriously damaged, and 7,420 were slightly damaged. 90% of that damage resulted from fire rather than the high explosive bombs. So of those 12,840 buildings that were destroyed or damaged, only 2,560 were actually industrial or commercial buildings but also taken out in the raid were seven official administration buildings 14 public buildings seven banks nine hospitals 17 churches 16 schools four university buildings ten postal and railway buildings ten historic places two newspaper printing works four hotels two cinemas and six department stores you can imagine the disruption that uh, occurred as a result of this raid. The only military establishment that was hit was an anti-aircraft personnel barracks and apparently 13,010 private dwellings i.e. flats or apartments were destroyed with 6,360 seriously damaged and 22,270 lightly damaged. The estimates of the casualties of the people of Cologne range between 469 and 480 deaths most of them being civilians a further 5,027 people were injured and 45,132 people were bombed out it's estimated that somewhere between 135,000 and 150,000 of the city's nearly 700,000 population left the city after the raid so one night really devastated that city meanwhile the RAF casualties were quite high as well 41 of the aircraft were lost. That included 29 Wellingtons, one of them being from 75 Squadron, plus four Manchesters, three Halifaxes, two Stirlings, one Hampton, one Lancaster and one Whitley. One of the pilots who had the dubious honour of flying in Avro, Manchester on this raid was Roy Calvert of Cambridge, my hometown. Roy Calvert went on to become a Squadron Leader and was awarded three DFCs. Of this particular raid, which which was actually his fourth operation, he later told Group Captain Colin Hansen in 1993 the following for his book, By Such Deeds. And I quote, The trip was uneventful until approaching the target. We could see the target lit up by flares and blazing well. The Rhine stood out clearly in the moonlight, and we made our run in at 9,000 feet from the northeast to southwest, we could see our aiming point, which was close to the cathedral, and Flight Sergeant Tyram, my Canadian navigator, later to go with Guy Gibson on the dams raid, guided me through. Just after he said bomb's gone, we were hit by flak, and the starboard motor burst into flames. I closed the bomb doors, pressed the fire extinguisher, and feathered the air screw. As the motor stopped, the fire went out, so I dived to try and clear the target area as quickly as possible. We came out of the searchlights about 7000 feet to the south of the city and flight sergeant Tyram gave me a course for home. I found that the aircraft could not maintain height on one engine so I decided to try the dud engine to see if I could get a little help from it. However on unfeathering the prop the engine burst into flames again so I re-extinguished and re-feathered and fortunately the fire went out a second time. I then asked the crew to stand by with parachutes on or handy and be ready to abandon the aircraft. We were gradually losing height so I asked them to throw anything movable overboard to make us a little lighter. By this time we were down to 1500 feet but the good engine was running well and I didn't want to risk giving it more revs at this stage. At 1000 feet I decided that if the coast came up shortly we would have a show of at least making it far out on the channel. We crossed the coast at 200 feet and headed for home. No sign of fighters and we entered the filmy sheet of cloud. Then we threw our guns and ammunition overboard. At 100 feet I closed the radiator flaps which gave us another five miles per hour and using maximum revs found that I could climb up to 200 feet until overheating forced me to open the flaps and reduce revs. We gradually came down to 100 feet again so I kept on repeating the process until we saw the English coast ahead. The aircraft was getting lighter in fuel and easier to manage as we crossed the Thames estuary. And overland we received more lift and we could gradually climb up to 800 feet without overheating the engine. We dropped down at Thamesford Aerodrome, pleased to feel earth beneath our feet once more. On inspection we found a piece of shrapnel had burst the pipe carrying the coolant around the engine, and that had been the cause of the fire. The Manchester had two Rolls-Royce Vulture engines, which were designed to produce 1400 horsepower, but they were rushed into production without adequate testing. They were short on power, and had a name for overheating and being prone to catch fire. So that was Roy Calvert's experiences. And I recently spoke with RNZF historian David Duxbury, who has another great account of that night,
1: from the diary of ZF pilot Donald Stewart. And it's okay. and it's surprising how um. How long uh, they seem to know about it? Like, I think their first raid was on the 31st of May or 30th or something.
0: Yeah, not the night of the 30th and 31st. Okay, of right. The
1: first. Well, anyway, here's here's on the 25th, which was a Monday, and he's saying. Uh, went on leave, or oh, 8 eight-day leave last Thursday. This is Monday, but it didn't last long. Got recalled on Sunday. There is a bit of a flap on. No doubt you're used to this RAF slang. Um, <laughs> of course, yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> we have all been crewed up ready for ops. Don't think it will come to anything. Probably only a practice. <laughs> <laughs> so this is quite, yeah, they, 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 yeah they, they, as I said, they feel like mushrooms, Um Then he goes, on the next uh, paragraph he goes, "Am, am I bloody well fed up with this place? The group captain has delayed my warrant officer, you know, his promotion to warrant officer for three months for no reason whatsoever. (laughs) Evidently, Davis said, or that's presumably the group captain, will be the, you know, the base, or the station commander, uh, said, he said, said he didn't see why I should get it before Lyle and Allen." Uh, I think they were both New Zealanders, more or less, that came over from New Zealand about the same time as he did. Why, okay. uh, why he should get it before them, although he told the Winko there was nothing wrong with me, and I see no reason why I shouldn't get get it. Ah, okay. okay. Uh, oh, the heck, This is the interesting part. One thing, I shall take less interest than ever in the flight now. That means his, his unit, his flight. He was yep. just a staff pilot under a flight doing conversions for new pilots, I think, onto um, whatever they're flying. Yep. Wellington's probably. You don't get any thanks for putting yourself out. Perhaps, huh, perhaps I should join the Red Air Force. <laughs> Still, it <laughs> makes you wonder why you joined this lousy Air Force. I don't know which lousy Air Force he's talking about there. <laughs> oh, oh, hang on. Then the, then the last comment is, L- Lyle's commission came through today, went down to London to get his uniform. So Lyles, he's, he's, he, didn't, he didn't even become warrant officer. He came, it off. went, got, got commissioned. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Wednesday the 27th, this is two days later, yeah. our, tri- our trip, this is this mysterious trip that they're supposed to be going on, was put off tonight because of the weather. Don't know whether it is an op or an exercise. This is, you know, this is how much they told them. But yeah. whatever it is, we will be up for about seven hours, which is rather long for one pilot. Because of course, by now, of course, they are. Um, they've just gone on to two. The standard change from two pilots and all heavy bombers to one, just right, just right. before this, and this, of course, it applied to the OTUs too if they were being asked to participate in operations. Yep. Our bomb load is three SBcs, that is small bomb containers, and one eight hundred, which will be, and one eight or one eight hundred, whatever that is, wouldn't be enough.
0: Is it eight hundred eight hundred pound?
1: I never heard of an eight hundred pound ball, oh. uh, of it uh, there, there was a of course there was fourth oh, and 8000 saying there were four thousand and eight thousand pounders, weren't there? but I don't think Wellington yeah. could take an eight thousand pounder, um, which will be quite enough as it will take all our time to stagger off with the old aircraft i've got. They had old mark one C's you see because all the operational squadrons are getting the new ones with the um, big Bristol Hercules engines have been spending the last three days getting the machines operationally fit. There's obviously a lot of preparation going on here. Oh, yeah. Sunday, 31st of May, because this is just the day after the Well, all the flap turned about to be it's turned out to be of some use. Actually it was an OP on Cologne. Over a thousand aircraft took part, including OTUs and squadrons. Everybody from Litchfield, that's where his, his station arrived back right. safely. Our bomb load four SBCs, which we at one time reached 10,500 feet. Sounds like it was considered an achievement to reach that altitude. In <laughs> uh, we, bom- we bombed from 9,000 feet, though. The defences put up quite a good show as I expected, or put up as good a show as I expected. Evidently, there were too many aircraft for them to predict with any accuracy, and the flak and searchlights just seemed to go in any direction and were not concentrated. Okay. The town was certainly in a mess, just one mass of fires. Shouldn't think there will be much left of the place, and so on. And there will just uh, this might be the, another entry yet, but uh, it's, so it shows you that they just were all in a bloody dark to start with as to what was going on. Oh here we yeah oh here we go. It was a beautiful night, full moon, could see aircraft miles away. I think just about every type of machine and bomber command passed us on the way up. Yeah, passed them. <laughs> a, a Halifax shot a. Mississippi 109 down about 200 yards away from us. Wow. Uh, Bill Willis, and I've just in, uh, put in uh, a addition here, I presume a staff air gunner at the OTU, was just getting ready to have a crack at him when the Halifax opened up with both turrets and the fighter burst into flames. I saw him explode as he hit the deck. Only one, only had one lot of flak close to us and it was very close, and that was on the Dutch coast on the way home. Actually, it was quite fairly quiet trip and the scooch light belt was non-existent. Uh, we only carried one pilot, well, we, we get, and it took us six and a quarter hours, which is too long for one pilot. I think I just about had corns by the time I got back. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then on Monday 1st of June, we're going to Hamburg. We're going to Hamburg last night. That doesn't make sense, does it? No. But the, oh, the, we, well, we, we went, I think you mean. But the weather was very was bad, so the trip was... Oh, well, we were going to go to Hamburg, yeah, but the right. weather was bad, so the trip was cancelled. Not suitable tonight either, so we are going to Essen instead. From all reports, the raid on Cologne was a big success. 1,091 aircraft took part, and nearly 900 apparently bombed the target. PRU mosquitoes went over on Sunday to take photographs, but smoke to 15,000 feet obscured the town, so they dropped bombs instead. Yeah, must have been carrying them as a... Plan B uh, yeah. tonight is the last night of the thousand plan. Well, that's right, it was the thousand plan, wasn't it? So after tomorrow, we should be back to normal work. These two ops have certainly been a break. Only I would much sooner have a faster aircraft. Never thought I'd be doing any more ops on one seas. <laughs> Wellings, that's yeah. that's about all it says about it. But that was, but he was, a, as he said, he was. They were leading a quiet life at the O.T.U. and suddenly this thing cropped up. And it just gives a little bit of a perspective on it from, uh, from the OTU's point of view anyway.
0: It's really quite interesting. Uh, one of the things he said there was all of the aircraft from his OTU got back safely, which you'd think if anything didn't get back, it would be the, the OTU Wellingtons. So,
1: well, uh, yeah, but, well, of course, the, he did say that the, uh, the, what the effect it did have, of course, was, of course, it overwhelmed the German defences, really, just by yeah. sheer numbers. And he said that, you know, the, the anti-aircraft, Defences seemed to sort of break down somewhat simply because they had so many things to shoot at, and they couldn't yeah. couldn't keep on. Uh, you know, the, was it predictors and searchlights? They were supposed to work together as a sort of you know concert, and they were used to small raids, of course. And suddenly you get one of these monster ones, and they just uh, things sort of. Well, they, you know, if you kept doing them, of course they'd gradually get on top of it again. But um, and of course, as yeah. he says, beautiful, calm, clear moonlit night, could see aircraft miles away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, uh,
0: I guess in those days too, and was it May 1942, they probably didn't have the uh, the, the anti-aircraft guns that used radar to um,
1: direct the guns. Yeah, they, well, they used the, I think they usually used the radar to guide the searchlights, I think. Ah, right. And the searchlights then illuminated aircraft so that the uh, guns could then, they had something to aim at. And they probably had really reasonably accurate information on the heights and things, and wind at altitude and things, because there probably were aircraft, you know, there'd be German aircraft up with this big raid on whether they, you know, they'd have night fighters, but they'd probably be completely overwhelmed as well.
0: Actually, that's another thing about the big raid is that the bombers were at all different altitudes because of the different types of bombers. Mm. Uh, I know talking to one of the guys um, years ago, he said uh, there was. he was in a Wellington, and uh, I think he was f- flying from an OTU too, from memory, and he said that there were Halifaxes and Stirlings above him the whole time, and he was completely worried that one of them was going to drop bombs on him. That'd
1: always be on my mind if I'd ever been in that situation. <laughs> <Yeah, definitely. laughs> You'd think, oh shit, there's heaps of out. going you know, As he says here, everything else was passing the old Wellington one sees. The old Pegasus engines, you know, the, as I said, it'll be all the later Wellingtons and all these. Yeah. Because they didn't even in May '42, they didn't have that many four-engine and four-engine squadrons bomber command. It was still mostly Wellingtons, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. But still be. I think they've still had some Hamdons. Uh, uh, here, um, what, hi, uh, Hamptons. Hamdons, That's the one I was thinking yep. of. Herefords and Hayfords. and <laughs> Herefords. Uh, uh, Hamdons. uh but, but I think, uh, of course, they, as you know, they even had uh, Hudsons. Yep. And even ansons were used, believe it or not. What On that rate? Oh, yeah. Wow. That was only to get the number magic figure of over a 1,000. I think they just attacked uh, coastal ports, though.
0: Okay. Because
1: that was uh, at night. Of course, normally, uh, coastal command didn't fly that much at night. But um, I think they just attacked coastal ports and things. Right. Just, just to, but Really just to build up the numbers. And it was a great propaganda coup then. They could honestly say that... Um, in fact what it, even even it within the command they seem to know roughly how many you know was except a thousand and eighty one were put up and but they certainly um it was a a great effort to get that number all serviceable on the, on at the same time to launch yeah, that raid because sure. often of course they they send off aircraft that normally they send aircraft they wouldn't just send on a huge raid on one city. That it was normally they'd send you know a couple of squadrons here and a squadron there and three squadrons here and two squadrons you know, they they they're sort of pinpricking it all the time but I think this was I don't know whether they had other big you know quite big raids before this or not I suppose they did Um,
0: yeah well I I I guess they probably would have only been up to the sort of 300 and Four hundred mark, I suppose. I'm, I'm not sure it'd be worth looking into that. But yes, you've
1: got those series of books. Was it called the Bomber Command War Diaries? That, you know, you can just look up every, every yeah. night there, and, it, and you'd have to make a summary of them. Or well, they probably even have summaries of you know showing the gradual build-up and size of, of raids and things, and, yeah. and how it dies off in winter. <laughs> it, yeah, a true. Extent, you know, particularly if the airfields in Britain get snowed under, yep. which was quite normal.
0: Yeah, it, it's interesting too that uh, later in the war. Uh, the raids continued to build up and build up in size, and um, I mean they weren't all big raids, but later I know in the newspapers, looking through the newspapers in nineteen forty-four, they they were getting raids of fifteen hundred aircraft, yeah, and and I think by either late forty-four or early forty-five they had two thousand aircraft raids going on and i think they probably involved uh the americans as well as the probably uh, as well as the RAF. but you know and that's that's just coming from britain and at the same time they had um you know a thousand to fifteen hundred bombers would fly in a day from italy up to uh, up to up to germany as well so you know germany would have to be putting up with maybe two thousand aircraft in a day from britain and uh 1500 from italy because the you know the allies had that toe, toe hold on europe uh you know in italy and and were flying from there they were flying liberators and uh, uh wellingtons and uh b-17s and all sorts from italy as well and people seem to forget that but they were flying all the way into germany
1: yeah and of course so and the, and of course it was also coming from another front although rather small and that was the russians were starting to put lay on raids on berlin and, and things. Uh, at various stages of the war, too, but they they were very light, really. Yes. But they did use yes. one of the aircraft they used, of course, were their big four-engine ones, the big uh, PE 8s I think they were. Okay. Or later okay. known as, um, well, PE eight was their later name, that's right. But they were quite a, um, you know, quite a large aircraft, but not right, not great aircraft. I think they only built about hundred of them or something. Okay. But, and and they and uh, quite a few twin-engine bombers too were used against Berlin, and that and that was of course coming from the other direction, so. I don't think anything came in from the north, though. Anyway, they, that was another angle, um, direction of attack that they had to plan for and equip. And they just got, they just got more and more pressed as time went on. I think. Right. But anyway, anyway, I thought that was just an interesting little. As I said, you um, know, I mean, I'm sure excellent books have been written about those, that series of raids, the Millennium raids.
0: Absolutely, and, uh, and and
1: and it's been analysed and so forth. But that was just a yeah. The, what a, 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 a well, he was still an NCO pilot. This chap, yep. Donald Stewart, D. S. Stewart, I think. Yeah. Well, thanks very
0: much to David Duxbury for that insight into Donald Stewart's diary on that first one thousand bomber raid seventy five years ago. Eight New Zealanders lost their lives. From number 22 operational training unit were Flying Officer Harold Roger Blake, DFC and Sergeant Dennis Henry Edwards. From 1502 Beam Approach training flight Pilot Officer Dennis Grant Box. From number 26 operational training unit Sergeant James Milton Hall and Sergeant Alan Norman Young. From number 158 Squadron Squadron Leader Donald Joseph Harkness, DFC, from Number Four Hundred Five Squadron, Royal Canadian Air Force, Sergeant Andrew Fraser MacLean, and from Number Sixty One Squadron, Pilot Officer Benson Usher. We will remember them. That was the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood.